0: Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his
1: no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews
0: some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Leadership Revealed. I'm very honoured and privileged, and by popular demand, have invited a lady that quite a lot of you will know on the forums. Uh, my managing director, Adele Crocker. For those of you who've heard me speak about her before, or even heard her speak, will know how exceptionally she is at her job. And quite a lot of you out there have been asking some questions around her role, her job, how she got involved in property, how she got involved with working with me. For it's quite a question that a lot of you ask. Um, so I've invited Adele along here today to give you her story, her version of how she got where she is today. And some of you have already asked some really, really good questions on um, the Agency Growth Strategies Facebook group. So we're going to ask her those. It's going to be unfiltered, unfettered. Hopefully she'll be very kind about me if uh, <laughs> any of the questions are about me. So without further ado, welcome Adele. Morning. Morning. So I think the first question is, is who is Adele Crocker? How did you get involved in the industry and really just give you a bit of background or give the listeners a bit of a background about yourself.
1: I got into property accident, not accidentally I would say, but it certainly, it it was not, never something that, you know, at the time I had a huge passion. Let me get into property. Let me get into property. My passion was most definitely around people. Mm. I'd, been working for a company, um, prior to getting into property, um, and had been there for around eight years, um, from a right old age of 19 and had kind of flourished in, in the different roles within that company. It was electronic manufacturers. Um, again, nothing I was particularly interested in in terms of the product, but most certainly the people. Um, and I think that's kind of where I established that that was a skill set of mine. Um, and Did really well there. Went from being, believe it or not, starting off as a filing clerk where my job every day was to go in and get a huge pile of filing and put it away. And I did that every day in the hope that if I kept putting all this filing away, at the end of the day, one day somebody's going to let me do something different. Mm -hmm. And they didn't for a good few months and I was beginning to lose heart. And then... I got the opportunity to to buddy up with some people because I was going through filing at such a rate more than any of the other clerks that mm. I kinda we could better give us something else to do. So um I got to sit in on the um customer service operations and I absolutely loved it and I soaked it up and I was in the element and I asked a ton of questions and I asked if I could have a go, which is kind of what I'm always about. Yeah. Can I have a go at that? Let me go. How does that work? Let me see. And I went from there um, over the next few years, and eventually progressed to managing the customer service department of about twenty six members of staff. How
0: old were you then? Um,
1: I was twenty at that wow.
0: stage.
1: Sure um, so yeah, I, I I loved it. I travelled a lot. I didn't have any family at the time, so that was cool. I was getting to see Europe, which was great. I was a key account manager um, for a lot of the big electronics manufacturers. So it was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Loved it. And then I had my first child, which was wonderful, but very, very difficult to work in such a high paced environment where I was required to travel away a lot. Um, The hours were long. Um, I couldn't really switch off from what I was doing. Um, But I also didn't want to give up. Um, So I battled on and tried to juggle parenting and working at that level. And then I had my son and thought, this is something's got to give. And it definitely couldn't be motherhood. Um, So unfortunately, at that time, it was career. So I took a, a certainly a sideward step and got in a job in a local estate agent. Three days a week, which was perfect, allowed me to be mum and, and spend some yeah. time with the kids, which I kind of hadn't done. I'd gone back to work when they were about two months old and had worked out from that stage and at this time said, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna actually do some mum things, um, which was fantastic, and I loved it. I wouldn't change it. But found that I absolutely loved property. Um, it was something I'd always been interested in. I think all the Sari Beanie programs were out at the time and Better Homes, and, you know, you'd all have a run around the property portals and, oh, to live in a house like that and DIY SOS yeah. and all of that stuff. So the fact that I was able to do something where... I couldn't really get excited about capacitors and resistors, strangely enough, when I worked in electronics. Really?
0: But,
1: yeah, strangely <laughs> enough. Um, but I could about property. So what was nice was I'd found a passion in a product, in an industry, which I hadn't had before. It was all around the people. And I enjoyed it. You know, I worked as a sales negotiator. It was in the boom. So it was very fast paced, which was great. The days absolutely flew over. And I enjoyed it. And then we had the crash. And the company that I worked for at the time made half of the staff redundant and unfortunately one of those people was myself. I'd never been in that position before, never been out of work for leaving school, wasn't particularly academic, but got straight into work as soon as I left school and loved it, loved work. So it was strange for me. About six weeks I was out of work. Might not sound a long time, but I found it really difficult. I was going for a lot of interviews. I, I was Quite chilled initially and thought, well, I've got a lot of experience. I've got that management experience behind us, which is a really good foundation. But I've also got now property knowledge. So, you know, I'm totally, totally employable. I'm not going to worry about it. And then first interview, didn't get the job. Second interview, didn't get the job. And the feedback that I got was I was overqualified for the roles that I was going for, which I found tremendously frustrating Mm -hmm. because... Who is anybody to tell me I'm overqualified? Yeah, it's up to I you, can isn't either it? Do that
0: job? Or you can't. Yeah,
1: or I can't. Yeah, I, I can't overdo the job. It's silly. Yeah. Um. So I think from a lot of people's perspective, and I was actually told at one interview, my advice to you is, can you dumb down your CV? Really? If you're going for, because at the time I still wanted to be part time, I was thoroughly enthralled in being a mum, and I I did enjoy being part time. So the role that I was going for was very much more administrative. And what they said was take those roles or dumb them down, and you know talk about being an administrator rather than mm. a manager of a huge customer service department, which was quite sad. Actually, how can you
0: dumb that down? How can you dumb Just down like, success? Just like basically,
1: so the way that people big themselves up in the CV, um, I had to do the opposite. Mental. Um. So yeah, but um, I was eventually um contacted by the the estate agency that I'd worked for to say, listen, there's nothing happening on sales, but we really want you on board. And what we're really wanting to do now is our um, push our letting side of the business. So we want to bring you on board for that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I joined what was Interlet at the time. And my job there was to schmooze landlords to get new business on, to make sure that the landlords that we had didn't leave us. And it was very much a people-focused role. Again, loved it. Did that for a couple of years and became... Slightly frustrated because the the vision I was sold was we really want to get involved in Lettons. We want to grow the business. We say that's kind of going to be the bread and butter now. And, you know, if I'm honest, Lettons had always for that agency been the poor relative. And it wasn't going to be the poor relative anymore. And, you know, we're going to certainly be looking to focus, concentrate on the staff, which I bought into. Sounded fantastic to me. And I quickly realized that for all that was the promise of it their heart wasn't there. They mm, were estate mm, agents, yeah. and they really struggled to make that kind of leap into, into letting's and what that was about. And um, I had lots of ideas, tons of ideas. I always have, as you well know, which yeah. is painful. I understand sometimes, um, but I had lots of ideas, and I was going to the then um, business owner and saying, "I've had an idea," or you know, "We're struggling because this doesn't work." Let me talk to you about how I think it could work better. And I was met with great idea, but I'm not really going to do anything with it right now. um. And lo and behold, the reason for that was because you were about to buy us. So it was your fault, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'll take um, the
0: blame.
1: <laughs> so you were about to buy the business, so it which I knew nothing about and just became frustrated that these people I was telling, you know, you can run your business better like this. Mm. We can implement this process and it'll approve this. It, I, I couldn't understand why none of it was being listened to, but obviously it was at a point in time they were looking to, sell the business their passion was it wasn't
0: out. it wasn't a good handover was it, it was not a good handover no yeah.
1: so um I had secured another job with another estate agents um I told my then boss I'm I'm off I'm frustrated because I actually really like working here I like the people it fits me perfectly i.e it was about 100 yards from where I lived um the hours were perfect but I'm frustrated and I, I'm not getting the satisfaction and I was told at that point, hang fire, something big's about to happen, um, and I think you'll be sorry if you leave right now. So I give it a couple of weeks, not even that actually, I think mm. the following week, and um, the announcement was made that you
0: bought the company. And it literally was. I walked in on a Friday morning, yeah. and they went, here's your new boss. Exactly. It was a terrible handover. Yeah.
1: I think it was terrible from the sense, I understand that it's sensitive and I understand that there's, yeah. there's got to be confidentiality. I think what was bad about it was they'd lost their interest in yeah. property and the business and the staff quite some time before. So the reason it was terrible was because you've then, as a as a new business, you've taken over that business from your perspective, mm. you've got to now change the yeah. culture of the business yeah. as well as everything else. So that's why it was terrible. There was lots of demotivated staff at that point in time. So, yeah, and as you'll remember, I kind of let rip. Um, and
0: so just to give a bit of a backstory, so that was my first business I ever bought, and I'd done a lot of reading, spoke to a lot of people who'd acquired and, and bought businesses before, and they said the first thing you should do is go in and sit down with the staff. and just 10, 15 minutes, how are you doing? Don't worry about it. How do you think we can change things? If you were me, what would you do? Blah, blah, blah. It went well. Like for 10 minutes talking to you know one person, 15, another, another five, six, seven minutes talking to one of the, the younger members of staff. When in Sport Adele, it must have been 45 minutes. Yeah, and it wasn't a good, for, from my perspective, <laughs> it was just, you talked at me, not to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd had enough at that point, unfortunately. You yeah. got it both
0: barrels. I did. Um, you
1: know what? You know, I saw it as an opportunity and thought, you know, mm. it's, it's now or never. You know, I need to tell this, I need to give this guy the benefit of the doubt and tell him. What it is this feeling about the business? And know it wasn't an easy conversation because, you know, I'm sure you were sold a bit like I was a, a, a dream of this is what that looks like. Mm. You got, um, kind of a, a bit of a reality check at that point from me and that actually the business is this and the business requires this. And yeah. this is where we're going to go if we don't do these things. Um, and I think what was nice about that was you were either going to go, she's far too opinionated. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're off. See you later. Um, or fortunately for me and you, I guess, yeah. in some sense, Definitely. Um, we were completely aligned in terms of the business that you had set up at the time, which was was in Easington, hmm. was very much the vision that I had yeah. for that business that I was working in.
0: Which was always focused around the experience of the customer. Exactly. Yeah. Hence why we do the portfolio manager route rather than departmental.
1: Exactly. And I think why it was important for me was my role was keeping landlords happy. It was getting new land landlords on board. It was making sure that property got let as quickly as possible. And then I got them back at the point that their property became vacant. Again, we'd struck up a fantastic relationship. I got the chocolates and the cards to mm-hmm. say, well done, but I didn't see them again. They yeah. went off to, um, you know, whether it be a repairs department, an accounts department, um, a renewals department, whatever that was, they went off. And I didn't see them again until their property became empty. And it was kind of, hello, Mr. Smith, um, how's things been? Um, you happy for us to relet? And what I found was each and every time what should have been a really easy job because the initial part was fantastic. I had to talk these people around time and time again to continue to use us because you hadn't had a great experience and they'd been passed from pill at the post and nobody really understood their property. Nobody really understood them, which is why my belief was that you know, we're looking after their biggest asset. We're going to have some highs and lows. There needs to be some continuity. There needs to be some trust. And how do you get that mm. when it's so fragmented? So it was good, like you say, it was good. It was a good match, I guess, yeah. at that point in time. So yeah.
0: I mean, from my point of view, it was pretty much straight away that I knew you were you were wasted and what you were doing. I always tell the tale when young Michael was yeah. working there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and you went, hey, hiya, you must be John. I'm Adele. Please to meet you. What are you drinking? I'm, I'll get the coffees in." And you went and made the coffees. And I looked at this other this other guy that used to work for us, young Michael, and I said, Is She always liked that and his example, went, Yeah, that's just Adele. Uh-huh. Like and so that was the way you always so yeah. and then when we had the first conversation mm-hmm. and literally every time I came in you were seeing, have you thought about this, have you thought about that? And I think within a month you were promoted to branch manager. Yeah. Do you wanna tell everybody how that went down?
1: Like a lead balloon, <laughs> sums <subsidence>. um, <clears throat> no, I'd I'd been through a little bit of this before, um, in my previous roles. So I was more armed with this. I guess you identified something in me, which was lovely. And I quickly got promoted to branch manager, which meant I went back to work full time. So I'd had a lovely couple of years out with the kids, which was really nice. Um, but I was ready. I think I'd, I'd for all I'd enjoyed being, um, you know, real hands on mum. I also had missed the fast paced environment of of leadership and you know, and, and of management and the responsibility. So I was kind of ready to get my teeth stuck into something. And when John offered me the branch manager role, I was delighted and accepted. But I also knew I had a bit of a job to do. Um, I'd worked alongside my colleagues um, for a good few years at that point. And we, we were friends, you know, we we mixed outside of work. We understood the frustrations of the management team that we had at the time Um you know, and as everybody does, you have a whinge about them, and 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 so on. So I understood that it's a difficult transition to make. I'd done that before. You know, I'd in my previous role at VShare, I'd um, I'd worked alongside colleagues, and then mm-hmm. being promoted, and found that your relationship changed. And at that time, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't understand it. I didn't anticipate it. So when it was when it happened, I kind of it felt really lonely. If I'm being completely honest people distance themselves from you it's then an us and them kind of yeah. environment uh, which i wasn't used to um i was naive and thinking your relationship doesn't need to change and it absolutely does need to change mm-hmm. and it's a skill set to, to be able to to nurture that change understand it and and you know go with it basically accept it
0: we always say that you can't be friends you can be friendly but you can't be friends with them
1: yeah exactly and it is a difficult one and it can it, life in management and leadership can be lonely at times. Mm. But what that did do was armors for, for this change. Yeah. Um, and I kind of expected it. I anticipated it. I understood it and I knew that I would come out the other end because that's exactly what does happen. Um, so yeah, but if I'm honest, what I wasn't kind of expecting with this particular team was it's a much smaller team and I knew everybody quite intimately and, I was kind of a natural leader without having that title, and that if there was a problem, people came to me if we needed to speak to our managers, it would kind of be me who would be pushed forward a little bit to do that so I thought actually it's in many senses it's a it's a title change because mm. i automatically, You're doing a lot of stuff, yeah, I you? automatically take that leadership role, but yeah there was um it kind of John came in and and said I, um I know how well liked you are so I'm pretty sure everybody will be buzzing that they've got this new manager and it's going to be you. And I'm thinking, "Mm, not so sure, but you might be right after you on this occasion. And um, it's fair to say you came in and it it went down like a little bit. It did,
0: I remember. It It was was... single
1: congratulations, not a single smile across the room. I think
0: I went, I pulled a funny face and went, uh-oh. And then I said, (laughs) let me know how that goes. And then you (laughs) phone us up an hour later. Yeah, it went down exactly how it went down in the room. It didn't go down well.
1: Exactly. And I think, I know when I spoke, what I didn't do on this occasion was I didn't shy away from it. You know, I spoke to the staff and said, you know, that didn't appear to go down very well. Talk to me. What are your concerns? And everybody's concern was that exactly that, that our relationship was going to change Mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, I was going to be their boss and I couldn't be their friend anymore. And what I reassured was that for all the relationship was ultimately going to change in many respects it was going to change for the better for him from a professional point of view Um, and you know and I'd like to think it did we lost a member of staff who was a little bit disgruntled because the previous managers had let him believe that he was kind of going to be the one that was going to take the reins and when that wasn't the case he, he wasn't too happy which I do understand he's had some expectations set and they weren't met so but Beyond that, I kind of dusted that off very, very quickly because I had been there before and I thought what I've got to do is make an impact and these guys have got to see my ability as a manager, which they'd not seen up until that point. And we kind of went from there, didn't we? I think branch manager, I managed that branch. How
0: long? A couple of years? About three or
1: four yeah, years? About three, four years. Well, three year, I think. And then... I think that fourth year, going into that fourth year, you asked me to get more involved, but in a more informal way yeah. in some of the other branches. Um, you liked what I was doing yeah. in that particular branch and said.
0: I think actually it was shorter. I think it was a couple of years because I think you made Seam into the best branch by by yes. country mile. It was a, so I think it was a couple of years later, you got informal. And then maybe a year after that, we yeah, said, look, right, let's, yeah. let's formalise this. And yeah. then
1: yeah. you
0: argued about a pay rise and obviously you won. My um, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then you took on the area manager role so you did yeah. really well with that and yeah how How was that because because going from a colleague to a branch manager boss is mm-hmm. difficult mm-hmm. going to area manager where you're managing other managers that's that, that have got their own leadership skills and management skills yes. and ways of doing it how was that
1: i actually really enjoyed that as sick as it sounds um i think the one thing i had going for me in that sense was I did run a very successful branch. Yeah. So I already had the credibility yeah. of... And, and, you know, the managers who who had the right intentions and the managers who wanted to have the best branch really embraced it because they looked and thought, right, well, I want a piece of that. I want to know how she does that. I want to know how she's retaining staff, how she's developing staff. I want to know how she's winning new business. I want to know how operationally she's effective. So the the managers who who had the best of intentions and want to be the best that could be really embraced mm-hmm. it. Um, I understood that there were some managers who were threatened by yeah. it and I understood why they were threatened. And you know, what I did with that was just a simple sit down and open conversation about, you know, there's nothing you need to fear from me. I'm not here to tell tales. I'm not here to sack anybody. What I'm here to do is, is to develop you and make you the best you can be and make your branch the best it can be. And there were some people that came along for the ride and loved yeah. it. And there was those others that didn't. I predicted the ones that wouldn't yeah. go along for the ride. We and knew. I was right. We yeah. knew, didn't
0: we? Yeah. 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 And I think that was the, a lot of the older ones, a lot of the older ones that that were managers because they've been there a length of time, that yeah. had the most experience, not necessarily because they were great people, persons yeah. or not or great good leaders, yeah, but um
1: not. good task yeah. mas- masters, I yeah. would say.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and ran a tight ship not based on Probably the best type of leadership, which is sometimes it's fear. Yeah, which, which, what what I think they quickly understood about me is I don't give any credibility to that. No, that's no, not no. the way I believe anybody should lead. And they also understood that I wouldn't accept that. And I think at that point in time, some of their staff started to come to me to say,
0: yeah.
1: um, We've seen the way that, you know, you've run this branch, and just to let you know, that's not what's happening here. And I gave the managers the benefit of the doubt and said, "You know, this is how your staff feel. I do. You know, I want you to take the reins, and you can definitely change that culture. And, and you're on board with it, and some and some mm. um So, yeah. And um, and
0: more recently, you've been doing an MD role for a good mm. two, three years now, haven't you?
1: I have. I think you know what I think. If if we're going to be completely honest, is I've grown into each role, but I think what we've both grown into the role. So, I think it must be very, very, very difficult to be you a lot of the time and have a business from scratch and grow it and be passionate and have involvement in absolutely everything. But you were never going to just stop at that because you don't stop at anything. Yeah. And so, but also to be able to catch up with yourself, if you know what I mean by that, i.e., you're going so fast, but at the same time, you're gonna to need to put some people in place and you're gonna need yeah. to put some foundations. And more importantly, I'm gonna to need to loosen the reins a little bit. So I think the reason that I've grown organically into the roles that I have is because we've both grown into yeah, it. you have grown into it, we let you go and I've grown into taking more on there's times that I've been ready to take more on than you've been ready to let go and then more recently there's probably been times where I'm going, <laughs> what the oh hell? my god yeah, you know yeah. um how yeah, do you I take keep care up of with that I yeah. yeah how yeah. do I keep up with this so i think that it's been the right journey for both of us Without like that sounding yeah. corny
0: no no it's 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 100% and i think it's one of the most difficult things in the world when you you do you start a, a business from your mum's bedroom like i did mm-hmm. Um, get really involved in it you know go through the trials and tribulations of running a business the good things the bad things and then all of a sudden you're thinking well where do I want to take this yeah. we all know we've wanted an empire mm-hmm. you know we've got 10 branches the 60 odd staff we've got acquisitions we've got a gr- offers agreed rent speak a for own.
1: yourself I've stopped at two branches I've <laughs> been quite happy this is all on you JP I'm more that
0: now you tell me <laughs> <laughs> 10 years too late um but it, it, it is difficult to sort of let go, and you can only do that. One, when you've got the right structuring systems. Two, the generic people in place. But yes. three, you need a leader, yeah. and you are that leader. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't come with great ease. It no, is a case of, I've got to have confidence in you, which I you know I always have done. But more importantly to me, if, if I don't let go, it's not because of the lack of confidence in you, it's because I'm a douche. It's
1: the ability to <laughs> let go. I get it, and I'm probably, um, as you know, we had a meeting yesterday, and... Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. am now replacing me. Um, yeah. So I'm taking on an area manager. And for all, you know, um, when I pitched it to you yesterday, I was pitching it with a view that I will come out of this meeting and get the go-ahead to get an area manager. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as I walked out of the room, it was kind of with a little bit of trepidation in that, oh, that's my job, yeah. you know. And yeah. and it can be daunting, and I think as any leader, if I'm being completely honest, we like to think that, the company runs because of us, and because you yeah. know I, I'm the most important person yeah. here. And to let go of the reins and invite somebody else in. To you know, I, I feel really protective over the managers that I manage, and you know, I think I've made them who they are, <laughs> and yeah. and uh, not who they are. That's totally egotistical. No, me. no, but I know but what you mean. You are aspects, massively
0: important. Yeah, You're, you you have trained and developed them to be who they are, and yeah. The and nurtured point of view. them, and so on and they feel
1: like yours, and to now pass them on to somebody else. I'm not going to lie, I'm loving the fact that I'm going to get some time back to start moving into that MD role yeah. um, and look after a lot more of the visionary stuff rather than just the operational side of things. But at the same time, I'm nervous about yeah. it. So I get it. I do understand. Um, I think that we've been lucky in many senses to have... One another, and I think we've both grown so much, but mm. grown together, which is absolutely been good.
0: at the same time. Yeah. So I, I do like I am very much like a vision strategy, do it and then work out the consequences afterwards. Yeah. You're and very just
1: run behind you,
0: picking up all the pieces. Yeah, picking up the shit. Say. <laughs> Everybody says that, <laughs> but it works well together because yes. you, you need you need to have like a, a. And I always say we work together. We don't. You don't work for me. Yeah. I think that's a massive, massive thing you got to say because. It's long long gone are the days where somebody rose from the top with an iron fist. Yes, That's, that's long gone. That's like the 1960s and 70s. That's yes. a really, really bad way to lead. You know, and I know there's corny phrases and cheesy phrases like other leaders create other leaders and all that jazz. But I think there's some semblance of truth in it. It's not necessarily that I've created you because Christ Almighty, you know, maybe 1%, 99% is all down to you. I think it's really just given the trust and the the opportunity, yeah. That's been the
1: biggest thing is that you've given me the opportunity to grow. Mm. Um, You've pushed... My boundaries, which I think you've you've got to, you've challenged. I'll also, me. push
0: your buttons. I think that too. True story. Very
1: true story. Um, I don't know if you can can work with somebody as long as and and, and times in difficult situations. Yeah. We've been through lots of different things yeah. where you know we've had struggling branches and we've had difficult time with members of staff and
0: ex business partners.
1: Ex business partners. There's been so much that you know that at times you are gonna bump heads, I guess. Mm. Um, mm. But I think that one of the biggest attributes of a leader is having the ability to allow somebody to grow and empower mm-hmm. them to yeah. grow. Like empowerment for me is huge. It's not about telling somebody to do no. what to do. It's about asking them their opinion. It's about if they've got an opinion, you know, let them share it. If if they're going to trip up, let them trip up and let them learn from it, teach them resilience. You know, there's, there's so much to a leader and in many respects – that's what you've been able to do with mm-hmm. me, which is why mm-hmm. you've gotten the best out of me.
0: I think there's another thing as well as if your kids fall, if they're on the bike and they fall off, you don't sit for the first time they fall off. You don't sit "That's it, Fred. Going on a bike you're not again. going on a bike again." I'll yeah. ride it for you. Yeah. It's like, no, no, come on, get back on. Of course. So when you fall down, and you know, it's very, very, very rare that you you do make a mistake, but on the odd, very, very rare occasion that you do, um... I did like
1: and cannot remember like in 2006. there was that one time on the Tuesday when. I put two sugars in your
0: coffee. No, that was right. I fancied it that day, so oh, it was fine. You yeah, oh, saw so you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but in the main, it's always been that you've put it right, or you've come back with a solution if anything happened. Yeah. And I think again, that's you've definitely allowed me to grow, mm-hmm. as in like get yeah, get away yeah. from things. Obviously, everyone knows I do the consultancy and the training, and then my big focus is on acquisitions and yes. rent-a-home, which is incredibly exciting for yeah. us. And that is things that I really enjoy leaving the running of. Let's be honest, one of the largest agencies in the northeast of England, to you. I mean, I know that sounds quite grandiose when you say it like that, but I absolutely 100% trust you. So every time that you go to hire a manager and you say, do you want to interview them? I say, no, I'm tr- I trust your yeah. opinion.
1: It takes a little bit to get out of those habits, though. I still, I stop myself now. I've just started, you'll notice, I've just stopped cutting you in in, on yes. as much. I've just stopped asking <coughs> things like, you know, I'll often say, I'm about to employ this person. I used to say, would you like to see them? Yeah. I actually don't now. I, don't. I say, John, I've employed this person. This is what they're about. I'm really happy with them.
0: And I can I can just, uh, uh, you know, agree with that because we employed somebody over at Hegety's Yeah. and I didn't even know who they were. Sorry about yeah. no, that. No, it's fine, it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who, she did more importantly, Kayleigh? she didn't know who you were.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kirsty. Yeah, it was Kirsty. <laughs> I went, well, oh, hi, I'm John. And she just started talking as if she was nothing. I went, I, am, own the I own the company. <laughs> oh, you're John. All right, sorry. <laughs> but that's cool. I'm fine with that. I yeah. thought it was quite cute. It was yes. funny. We had yeah. a laugh about it. But that that's it. So that you've only got a certain amount of mind space. Right? You've only got a certain amount of headspace. You can only think about a certain amount of things, say 10 things. And if five or six of them are Dane and Hegetys and Gordon Lamb and Red Hot and whoever, then I, I haven't got that much time to think of about course, the other stuff yeah. and grow the business. Yeah. So that trust element is, is absolutely Key. critical. Absolutely. So, We've got some really, really good questions from the guys um, on the agency. They are. They've been really, really nice. To be fair, most of them are taking the piss out on me. Oh, that's good. Um, or if they're I not, can
1: totally roll with that. Yeah. We can do a 40-minute session on that, no
0: problem. No, no. And thank you for listening. We've got enough now. <laughs> um, so Neil has asked, what's your biggest challenge working at Castine? I said me, but uh, you might disagree.
1: Um, no, you're not my biggest challenge. Second biggest
0: challenge.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Um, I would say the rate, the pace... I think it's difficult sometimes to keep up with the pace. John goes hundred miles an hour and has what I call business ADHD. I don't know whether or not he has <laughs> the other form of it, but Probably. he definitely he, he never sits still. And he's a, a very big visionary and a starter of things. And my job, as I say it, is to keep up, is to rein them in. Back, yeah. Yeah, yeah, is to rein them in. And is to put the foundations behind the things that he rolls out. I don't think necessarily my way is the right way. And I think if if I ran business, I'd possibly have two branches max. They might be absolutely fantastic, but that's all they'd ever be. John will undoubtedly be successful. I've never met a more driven man in all my life. But that does come with challenges. Yeah. With challenges and I think the biggest challenge is keeping up, I mm. think, is mm-hmm. is the fairest thing to say. And fortunately you are getting better at trusting when I say yeah. it, that needs to go on a little bit, that's enough Stop right it. now. Next six months please I don't wrote do some, anything.
0: I rolled something out last year and it was an absolute mitigated disaster on my own. It was a bit. I won't say it because it was a bit of prop tech, mm-hmm. and it was an absolute disaster because I didn't get you involved. I think yeah, you were hungry offensive.
1: to get. I think some. You were really into the software at the time, and you were hungry to do certain things. And I said, "Well, hang fire, because I'm not sure." And you went, like, "No, no, no. I'll take the reins with this one. And okay."
0: It was absolutely. Um, fucked
1: up. <laughs> but you know that that is because you do go hundred mile an hour. Um, yeah. And I would say, if I'm being completely honest. One of the things is, John is the biggest challenge, Um but it is just There
0: exactly you go, Neil, straight from the horse's mouth. I told you she'd say that. <laughs> I tried to do it so delicately.
1: I think I was very diplomatic there, wasn't nah,
0: I? No, not at all, really. <laughs> good, good. So so that's it. So it's the pace slash John yeah. is the biggest challenge. Yeah, and I, I, keeping up
1: with that.
0: Yeah. What do you, Tina said, um hi, Tina, what is the most essential aspect of your role? Mm, good question.
1: People. Um, people is the most essential aspect of my role. I think property is a really difficult industry to be in, particularly at the moment to keep people motivated. I manage managers at the moment. So, you know, I have seven managers and they are super important in managing their teams. They might have four or five members of staff that work for them, six, seven in some cases, if I lose a manager, if I've got a poor manager, if I've got a demotivated manager, I then will manage 15 members of staff because what you'll find is mm. I'll need to pick up the pieces with their staff. So as far as I'm concerned, people are the biggest challenge and the most important aspect for me to be able to manage. Yeah. If I've got good people, my job is so much easier. Yeah. Everybody's job, John's jobs become easier. You know, his his business has become easier to run because I'd like to think it's found the right person in me to be yeah. able to do that. Do I sometimes need a bit of a pep talk and say, don't be too overwhelmed, Adele, you know, or take a break? Or, yes, I'll need that every now and again. But fundamentally, I'll keep going and he understands that, you know, whatever I'm going to do, he trusts that I'm going to do it for the right
0: reasons. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your phone is up and you just need five minutes' rant yeah. and I'll listen and then he'll say, thanks, John, right, I'm good now yeah. and you will just leave. Yeah. And I'm thinking they're going, what, I didn't even, I just said hello and goodbye and that yeah, was it. Yeah,
1: because I think the difficulty <clears> is as well is with any leader, I talked about it earlier and it can be a lonely little world because I might be completely frustrated. I can't really talk to my managers about that. Mm-hmm. I am their leader. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to be motivated by me. Yes, of course, I can talk to them the struggles about the industry and I can talk to them the struggles about, you know, managing difficult staff. I can't really talk to them about other individuals mm-hmm. because that's their peers. I can't do that um that creates a bad culture by the way so don't ever get into that as much as as you might want to at times you know I've got to bounce off my partner at home I'm fortunate that I'm able to do that with you without feeling like oh I better not tell John how I'm feeling without feeling weak judged yeah Yeah, yeah, you know I'm never going to be judged by and I'm going to be able to say I'm really struggling you know as much as I believe I'm I've grown into where a decent leader, yeah. I do struggle every now and again. I, you know, I, I struggle with not just wanting to go rah sometimes and thinking, no, yeah. oh, you know, you can't th-
0: do that. I think a good a good example is you can always talk to people above you mm-hmm. because they've been in your role and they understand and yeah. appreciate the struggles, experiences, and they've got that life experience and good advice. Yes. When you speak to people on the same level, potentially it could be, ha-ha, I knew I was better yes, than you. Yes, exactly. And if you speak to people below you, like your managers, I do feel you lose that respect. You
1: do. You, yeah. you,
0: as a leader, you can't. You know, if if you look back at you know the Second World War and all the leaders of the generals or the greatest politicians of our time, or you know Sir Clive Woodward for rugby or Martin Johnson, they become strong. They don't show weakness. Mm-hmm. It's a lack of strength. So it's I think
1: people's perception, it isn't it? Is. It's yeah. super important. It and, is. You know, as, as a leader. People's perception mm-hmm. of you is super important, also. And I do motivate managers by talking to them about my challenges, but as a after event. So, you know, I'll give them, I'll say when I was a manager, I really struggled with confrontation. Mm -hmm. I really struggled with difficult conversations and I have managers who look at me and I tell the managers that are struggling with exactly the same thing, that story. And they look at us and go, no. And I say, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I said, I still don't enjoy it now. I just accept it and I don't shy away from it. That's the biggest difference. I probably tackle those difficult conversations quicker than any of the others. A, because I know that I don't like it and I, I don't want to spoil my day by dreading mm. it. So I'll do it first and get it out of the way. But that can give people the perception that actually I'm completely comfortable with it and that, you know, I, I don't enjoy it, but you know, I'm, I'm certainly not, not fearful of it at all. But I tell them the story about that because they need to understand that it's okay. It's yeah. okay to struggle with something.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's, it's okay providing that you acknowledge it. You accept it and you change it. That's the biggest thing. You know, if you come to us in a year's time after not having any difficult conversations, seeing staff come and go, or worse still, staying and running amok, then, you know, we are going to have a difficult conversation. However, if I can see you growing and developing and having that initial conversation, and although you might not be brilliant at it, you did it. But Mm -hmm. if all you can get out of it is, I did it, great, there's a win. That's something you didn't do yesterday that you've done today. If the next day, sorry, the next review that you do and you have a difficult conversation, you've reflected on that first one and go, well, I wish I'd done this and you implemented, fantastic. That's all I'm going to mm. look for is growth.
0: Yeah. Um, what Tony asks, and I think this is a really, really good question, and, and by the way, guys, I've told Adele, everything is not hold anything back, whatever she fails. What has been your biggest failure in Castleday and how did you overcome it? Ooh. I
1: think, if I'm going to be completely honest... I'm going to look at me for this one, my biggest failure. And I would say in the very, very early days when I was manager, first made manager, I was keen to get that office functioning well. I realised that, you know not everybody was delighted that I was made their manager and I was keen to reassure them that, you know, nothing's going to really change and a lot will change, it'll be a positive change because I'm going to be here to support you and I'm, and I think probably one of the biggest mistakes that I made initially was that I tried to be just Mrs. Positive basically, I thought I'll, what I'll do is I'll lead by example. I'll show Mm. them everything that I do and how hard I work, and I'll stay the longest, and I'll work the hardest. And when they've got a problem, I'll resolve it for them. And what that'll do is they'll gain respect for us, they'll work really hard for us. And remember, I took on a branch that had not a great culture at that time. Everybody had been allowed to rest on their laurels for too long. Um, Everybody had lost a bit of passion, a bit of focus and I mistakenly thought, well, what I'll need to do with these people is I'll just show them what I'm made of, I'll work tremendously hard, they'll all follow my lead, and, yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a really good branch thereafter. And what I realised is that that culture had set in so much so that it required a different kind of management, it required a bit of tough love and with people that had been my friends, and for all I was aware of it and armed with with that challenge, I think I approached it wrong initially, mm. Um so I ended up where I was working hard for everybody else, and the branch ran effectively because I was running myself into the ground. Mm. And if he had a problem, I would I sorted it. Yeah, yeah. I and I was fearful of having those difficult conversations initially because I thought, well, I want to keep these staff, and I've got a lot to prove to John. He's put a lot of faith in me, and you know, I I want to make sure he can see that everybody likes us and everybody respects us. And at that time, everybody did like us, but they didn't respect us because mm-hmm. if they did respect us, out of getting better performance out. I remember
0: that. I remember you coming to me and us having a conversation and, and you saying that they clearly don't think as much of you as you thought because if they had, they wouldn't be expecting you to do their, yeah. their roles. Exactly.
1: I that. And it was a realisation of something's got to change. And for all, I only allowed that. I'm saying only allowed it. I probably allowed that for six months. Um, I regret allowing that for six months because that made me miserable for six months. And I think one of my biggest attributes is, is possibly resilience. My mm-hmm. mum even says that from a young age, regardless of not really having any specific talents when I was younger, whatever I did, I never give up on whether that be tap dancing, learn to play an instrument. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's back this little tap dancing card up here. Uh, you did tap dancing. Yes. Really? Was, yes absolutely i mean really tap dancing But
1: when you say really tap dancing it was no river dance john all oh, right fair we were point. just you know we were down at the local community center i had myself some nice little sparkly shoes already this, this, this is
0: going in the agm you don't know that you don't you right. can we just take
1: this section out? no we'll leave
0: this in we like it it's, it's called raw podcast and <laughs> everything gets left in burps sneezes coughs and tap dancing
1: okay we'll move on from that one <laughs> Quite um, but whatever i did i always threw myself into it mm-hmm. um even um, I mean
0: you're speaking, like when yeah. you, you, you weren't very confident speaking, but you started off with a couple of local um, property networking events. Yeah. And then when we started to do the management motivation boot camps, and then we're doing the agency roadmap ones next year. Yeah. And you absolutely hate it to start off with, but you've done two big talks, yes. two two day talks. Yeah. First one, I didn't realise how nervous and scared you were.
1: I hated it. I'm going to yeah. tell everyone now, although everybody said, which is fantastic, is that you didn't appear to be nervous and you wouldn't know. I didn't sleep. I vomited beforehand. Oh, yeah. I was sat up at 4 o'clock in the morning and the words wouldn't come out. Even just what my opening was going to be wouldn't come Mm. out. And the difficult thing is I didn't want to tell you Mm. because Mm. I didn't want to worry you because I thought he's put all this faith into me doing this really good speaking event and if I tell him how I feel, he's probably going to have Heart failure, I think, my god, what have I done here? Um, you obviously had more faith in me yeah. than I had in me, but I'm not gonna lie, it was the longest two days of my life. I cried after I'd finished it when I got home. Jesus, I think purely because the adrenaline yeah. I've never yeah. felt like you have felt this doing sports and stuff. Yeah. I've never really felt yeah. that level of adrenaline going into anything. And I know when I spoke to um, my partner when I got home and had a few tears and he said, was it that bad? And I said, actually, it was that good. It was fantastic in many respects, but I feel completely exhausted. Drained, I feel yeah. drained. I feel emotional. And he said, you're feeling what, he's a, a, a Thai a boxing. Tie boxing coach, you're feeling what many fighters feel before they go into the mm-hmm. ring. And he said, it's completely normal. And, for all, and I said, I know, but I haven't gone into a ring to fight somebody. And he said, but for people who are fearful of that type of environment who are not natural public speakers, it's as bad as. And I know he said he's not a speaker at all, and he would be absolutely horrified. He said, I'd rather get into a ring any day of the week than I would go and do what you've I was gone just, and done.
0: Yeah, because I've i i mean, I've known Stephen for Adele's partner for well over 20 years. He used to work for my dad when he was a 16, 17-year-old. I'm a year or two older than him. So I've known Stephen, got him for well over 20 years. Um, and I was talking about this, and he said that it's his worst nightmare. He would, like My he said, you. get in the ring. So the majority of people said, yeah, hey, I couldn't get in the ring and punch anybody, but I'd rather, I'll be punched, but I'd rather go on stage. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just something that is so out, far, far out of your comfort zone. The adrenaline dump just absolutely just wastes you. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. knackered. Yeah,
1: it did, and it, I wasn't expecting it. I think that was the thing. I was not expecting it, but... Like anything, I knew I needed to do it because I knew I needed to do it for me and I knew it was going to, even if I hated it at the point, I never wanted to do it again and actually I didn't get any kudos off the back of it In that actually, you know, it was a bit of a flop. I would take something from the fact that I'd done it Mm. and I'd learned something from it was the, the biggest thing for me. But when I hated it as much as I did, I knew I had to do it again. Because I knew that the next time shouldn't be as bad as the first time, and I ordered myself to give it another go. And I you enjoyed it. I, yeah. I don't think I delivered any differently, but I think from me, in terms of what I got out of it, I got a lot more out. I of it. I think
0: you enjoyed it. Yeah, more. I did. You, you I definitely relaxed
1: into it a little bit more.
0: I, I remember seeing the second one, and although I didn't realise you were nervous at the, as nervous as what you were, I knew you were a bit nervous because you know everybody is. I was nervous, and I was I, you know I was running it. But the, the second time, when I was looking back at how you were the first time, I could take it totally different. Yeah. I think you actually even had a couple of drinks on the second night and you enjoyed yourself and you're having a laugh. Yeah, I
1: literally just... went to bed immediately yeah. on the night time, had yeah. a cup of coffee yeah. and just thought I need yeah. to sleep because I'll be awake at three.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. But the other thing is, what you don't take into account is, I'm always very humbled. Yeah. I don't... I know when you talk to us about, when you've just said there about, you are now managing a, you know, one of the biggest estate agents... I never sit and reflect mm. on things like that. Mm. I partially don't do it because yeah. it sometimes overwhelms us. I was overwhelmed at speaking at an event where, as far as I'm concerned, it's full of business owners. It's full of lots of you, John, mm-hmm. and you guys are the people that I look up to. So for me to stand in to stand and <clears> deliver <throat> content was daunting.
0: Yeah, I think that's really humbling. But I'll be honest, you know, I don't think you realise how good you are and what you bring to everybody. And some of the content, uh, I mean, you know, the feedback I get from my masterminds and my coaching is, you know, wow, Adele's awesome, Adele's this, Adele's that, and I, I, I really don't think you understand or appreciate. It's a little bit like if you go on a weight loss journey and you're looking at yourself every day in the mirror, and you yeah. don't appreciate how much weight you've lost, and then somebody sees you after three months, and go bloody hell, wow, mm-hmm. you're in good nick. And I think that's the same with you that you know when you, you just fe-
1: haven't got that visual you made, like really you have you with the photograph yeah. to go, my yeah. goodness, I've lost all yeah. that weight, I
0: guess. Cool, that's great. Um, so, a couple of the questions. Uh, Asada said, do you ever feel like killing me?
1: Um, it's now not daily.
0: <laughs>
1: so, that's good. Um, yes and no. Um, yes, sometimes in an instant. But no, because fundamentally, what I've got is the understanding that John's heart is always in the right place. You're... Communication is entirely direct and it's sometimes I think, have you really just said that? <laughs> and I've kicked you under tables. I remember that. I've nipped your legs under tables. I have put my head in my hands and thought... I'm gonna, the
0: solicitor straight yeah, away. I'm
1: going to kill him when we come out of here. Yeah. Um, but I think fundamentally it never lasts particularly long because I always know that you've got the right intention and... If you are, and I say to a lot of people, you know, you will at times when you are very unhappy, I've sat in management meetings and you've gone hard and mm. I've sat and thought this is pretty grim mm. and I've looked around the room and what I've had to do at those times is, is kind of look at the staff that's still sat in there kind of feeling really low and say, do you understand why John's just done that? Do you mm. understand that that comes from a place of absolute passion and the reason that he's frustrated is, if this doesn't work, do you understand how important it is for John to Mm. keep everybody in a job? Do you know Mm. how personally he takes Mm. that? So when you see that side of him, Mm. don't take it as I've just had an ear bash and take it as this is somebody who a hundred percent needs and wants this to work. And the what he wants it to work not just for him but for all of us mm-hmm. so don't take take. yes you've just had an ear bashing, but do something with it yeah. don't go back and spit your dummy out and you know just take it on the chin and do something with it yeah. and let's make sure that it doesn't happen again mm. so um do I want to kill you yes yeah, sometimes particularly when you don't share food yeah,
0: like that. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah me. I am joy I don't <laughs> share food it's just not part of my nature it's, 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 it's in my DNA it's not what I'm here.
1: about
0: yeah yeah good <laughs> Thanks for that, Slater and Adele, appreciate that. No so uh, Christopher Walken, uh Watkin rather. So how as an MD of a large state agency firm do you deal with the owner, i.e. me, not meddling with your work staff issues or stopping staff bypassing them and going straight to me?
1: Right, so this has been an ongoing journey. And I would say we still get it every now and again, but very, very, very rarely. Mm-hmm. Anybody who knows John knows that he's super friendly, he's super approachable, he's super down to earth. And he's like that with all of the staff. And there can be instances where because he's very jovial with people that they think they're on very good terms with John mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, from time to time, he'll ring me up and say, Dad, I've just had this manager on the phone and they're having a bit whinge about this person. And I'll go, all right, is that Right. Well, actually, I'm managing that manager on performance because they're not managing that person very well. So, yep, appreciate that. But ask the manager what have they done to Mm. manage that person, given that they're their responsibility. So, I would say you've come to manage yourself in that respect, and that it's bitten you on the bum in the past. Yeah, absolutely. um, Where you've went? Okay, right. Okay, I haven't. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. And. Because of that, I would say you're much keener now to say to anybody, um, have you spoken to Adele about it?
0: One thing I've never, ever, ever done is said to that person who's had the complaint, right, well, I'll sort this. I've always said, well, have you spoken to Adele or have you spoken to your manager? No. But then I might have gone and, and, and spoke to you because I I think it's it's wrong, it just muddies the water by me taking sides, well one, I think it's stupid to take a side of somebody without even listening to both yeah. sides, but I do agree, I have done in the past where I've gone, I don't know, I'm making this name up so because they might be listening, um, Fred comes and says, um, oh and this is happening, that's happening, and I've gone to you and I've said, well Fred's complaining and then you've said that, but, I think now we're
1: seeing the wider picture, it is, sometimes, yeah. which you won't see because no, of course I won't. you won't yeah. deal with it because I don't, get involved, in, I don't yeah. get involved
0: in the run of the business. So, theory. I think
1: to answer your question, Christopher, it's a uh, I can't stop John speaking to staff nor would I want to because at the end of the day, staff need to see who the business owner is. John motivates many people. When I say motivates, the fact that he's gone into the branches, believe it or not, there's times I've said, John, do us a favor and just go around and visit some of the branches. and because I actually really enjoy seeing you. As silly as it sounds, he might not do anything else, but go and have a coffee, see how they're doing. But branches who don't see John very often and other ones that do, assume that he's more interested Mm. in those other branches. So often Mm. they'll go, John's not interested in us. He spends all his time over this branch lately. And I'll say, do you understand? That's because what we're doing over that branch at the moment is this. Um, There's times that, you know, John will contact a manager might be frustrated with that particular branch and how it's gone and uh, you know he might ask them to do a certain thing and not be aware that actually this is the course that I've got them on. Mm. Um and they'll ring me up and go, I'm I'm I don't I do not i do not quite know what to do. John's been on the phone and asked us to do this. And I've said, I totally get why he's asked you to do that. Um how long will that take you? And sometimes I'll say, "Yeah, jump on that. Actually, it's not going to take you very long. It's important to him. I get where he's coming from. He's interested in growth. He needs you to do that task. Yeah, get stuck mm. into it, but jump straight back onto this." And then there's other times, you know, I've rang John and said, "John, do me a favour. I know, you know you're frustrated with that, with that branch, but that staff member is is making progress and might not be at the rate that you'd like because mm. you've." got A problem with patience, yes, I would
0: say. yeah, I haven't got any, um, that's the problem,
1: and the speed in which you know you like things to yeah. be done, and the speed in which you go out, you expect everybody else to, and it's not entirely yeah. normal. Um, but
0: well, some of the times that, that we've had a conversation about something, and I've said, Right, I'm phoning that person right here, right now, and you've like, No, 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 that's no, I need to get off my chest, yeah. My leg goes, doesn't it? Yeah, his leg leg. goes,
1: but I I always say I'd like (laughs) to be there. And sometimes what I'll do is, it's as simple as, I've got to respect the fact that he's a business owner and if he wants to speak to any member of staff, he can. He understands now the impact of doing Mm. that and he understands where it's bitten him on the bum and he's learned from that. So at times I haven't been able to stop him, but what I have done is give him a bit of reflection and said, that's why I didn't want you to speak to them, John. That's what Mm. I knew was going to happen. He's went, right, okay, fair enough, I'm going to step away from that. So he's had some learns off the back of that, which is... Made him more cautious in doing so. And when he is going to have those conversations where his legs tapping and I know that, you know, he's, he's annoyed or frustrated. I'm generally there to kind of cushion it, if you like. When I yeah. say cushion it in terms of you've just getting full throttle and this is why I totally understand where John's at. Let's make sure that did, did, I, I'm guessing he didn't like that. No, it was awful, but you have to make sure that never happens again. And this is mm. what we need to do moving forward. So. In short, there's no way of stopping John from speaking to staff, it's his business, he'll do that. But what I would say is you've had some learns off the bat of
0: that, which we've, we've almost got an unwritten rule, isn't it? That a case of if something's again, you know, if, if I phone up somebody and said, Can you what are you doing that for and, Oh, Adele's asked to do this, All right. okay. Well you continue to do the way Adele's asked you and I'll I'll have a I'll have a chat. That's getting so few and far between yeah, now. And I think a lot of it's to do with because of the bigger vision of the acquisitions and the new branch openings, I'm getting involved with that. You know, the rent-to-own thing, which is yeah. which is potentially going to be huge. And I want to focus and concentrate on that. I can't be, I haven't got the time or the inclination to go yeah. chat to Sue or, or whoever about, yeah. like, have you picked up the phone and prospected today? Yeah. That's that's your role and you're better at it than me. So why, why the hell should I get yeah. involved? You've got a plan. You plan the business. Yeah,
1: and I think that, Part of that comes with confidence. Managers mm. or leaders can get involved at the point that they think maybe you're not. So they might mm. think, actually, that member of staff's taking the mick a little bit. And I might think, actually, not John, I've got, I know exactly yeah. what I'm doing with this one. You know, at this moment in time, saying nothing is better than saying something because I'm going to wait it out and you go, all right, okay. Sometimes as a business leader and somebody who's driving it forward, it can be easy to jump in. I'm like that. But actually, it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. The right thing to do is to, trust you know have a conversation with me what is it you're doing what's your plan with them well this is the plan because yeah. actually they're going to hang themselves if you know if i know that this person isn't performing and this is what i've asked they're going to hang themselves and all i'm doing is i'm allowing them to do that, do that yeah give them the rope um, so just you know what john just back off a little bit because yeah. i know what i'm doing so the way that i'm able to get john not to do that is give him the confidence that i know what i'm doing i'm handling it you don't need to get involved. Please don't get involved.
0: When I have the bigger picture,
1: yeah,
0: I absolutely I agree. 100%. So yesterday when we had the meeting, so Adele, we had a board meeting yesterday, and Adele came in and she wants to hire a couple of new people: area manager, HR compliance. And she had this lovely graph. Her husband's a, a boyfriend, sorry, he's a graphic designer. Steady on. I know, I know. Are you, are you married <laughs> off already? But Steve's clapping his hands if he's listening. Hi, Steve. Um, and it produced this really, really good report. And it was visual because I'm a visual learning, And it was like, bam, bam, bam. This is what we need. This is what we get. This is the cost. This is the benefit. And we all went, absolutely spawn. And now I know the plan. And again, that sounds as though I don't know the plan with Adele. But the thing is, when you employ a managing director to run your business, I don't want to be involved in everything. I mean, you know, me and Adele sit down every month after the manager's meeting and we'll discuss the branches and the performance. We'll go through the KPIs and, and the profit and loss. That's all I need now. I don't need because I've got that absolute 100% trust in Adele. Just to give you a bit of background as well, every single employee she's she's to manage out the business or we've recruited, I've 100% wholeheartedly agreed with, with the decision as well. And when you get two people on the same level as that, then you do have the confidence in somebody. You know, if she said, I need to get rid of Tony, and, and I was like, well, I don't know, she's a canny girl, she's doing this, she's doing that, and... Or I want to hire that person now I say, really, I'm I'm not too keen on that person. Then I think your your values are misaligned, but because our values are 100% aligned, it just makes trusting you and letting you get on with it so much easier. Yeah,
1: and I've learned over time as well, because at some point, when we first started working together... I'd actually talk through a problem with you, Mm -hmm. which made you naturally go into taking the lead with that problem and giving me the fix, which sometimes wasn't the route I wanted to go down. So now what I've learned to do is I always need to give you a problem, a solution, and a plan. Absolutely. And then now I put a bit, because those decisions that now I'm making are bigger, I'm putting more weight behind them. Mm. So I'm going problem, solution, a plan. Why? What are the pros? What are the cons? What are the costs? How do we... Balance those costs. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess the key is just making sure that um he's got every confidence mm-hmm. in what I'm doing.
0: A couple more questions, um, because believe it or not, we've been going an hour already. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, we have. I think that's polite way of saying we're gobshites. Um, if you were in my role, what would you change? Oh, good question. And uh, no, you can't sack me. That's not allowed.
1: I'd slow down if I were you. Yeah. And I say this to you all of the time, so it's not. It shouldn't be a shock. I'd slow down. It's. I've worried about you in the past in terms of have you got a good work-life balance. I also know your partner as well and your yeah. beautiful children. So I've worried at times that you are not sitting back and enjoying your success. And I've just
0: started playing rugby again. You yeah, worry that's about true. That. Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I I worry that sometimes you'll go too fast. Um, yeah. That's probably if I was going to change something and I was in John's shoes, I'd slow down a little bit. Um, I definitely think you've made steps towards that. I think the fact that you've allowed me to grow into a, a role as MD proves that, mm-hmm. Um, which is good. I'm chuffed to bits about it, and you haven't just given us the title. I'm already starting to see – because it's easy to give somebody a title. Yeah. It's easy to give somebody a title and say, there you go, Dad, I really believe in you, my managing director. It will – Actually do the opposite of motivating somebody if you give them the title, but you don't allow them to flourish within that role. And you are doing that um, in those early days. I've started to see already that you are doing that. Mm -hmm. And um, because of that, that will allow you to sit back and enjoy Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. at times. And it will allow you to start focusing on the area of business that you want to. So I would say in answer to your question in short is slow down a little bit.
0: Good good good. Um and what I like this question. What are your best practices when implementing a new process in the business across the term branch network? Mm. Say that again. What is the best what are your best practices when implementing a new process in the business across all branches? I think I'll start you on this one. You are very meticulous on detail. Yeah. So your planning is critical to you. Yeah. Where me, it would be like, right, we'll implement it tomorrow. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Let's take time. I'll
1: probably overthink. So I could probably have a little bit of, of you, if I'm being completely honest, and that it will take me a long time to implement anything, and um, purely because I want to make sure everything's right. Yeah. So I'll look at the pros and the cons, and then I'll look at the what's and the maybes, and then I'll go, right, if I decide, yep, there's more pros than there is cons, fantastic. Then I'll look at, right, what do, where do I start with that? You jump in both feet, don't you? And figure, figure the detail out afterwards. I figure the detail out because I always want to make sure that what I'm doing is right. And although you you can't get it right every time, I think you can get it right the majority of time, providing you put the right level of of due diligence into anything that you do. Um, I think be really clear with any form of change, you need to get people on board is the biggest thing. And get people on board, make them feel part of the change. Often, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing, but the way that I'll position it the people is, I've been thinking about this. I haven't been thinking about it. I've made a decision. We're doing it. But I tell people I'm thinking about it, and I allow them uh, to then go, right, okay. And I go, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Truth be told, yes, of course I care what they think, but I already know it's going to work because I've overthought it myself. Yeah. But by doing that with them, they'll go, yeah, it could work like this. And then they'll come up with some of the cons that I have and I'll go, yeah, you're right, that's a good one. But we can get over it like this. Oh, yeah. And the more that you, you're clear with people, the more open you are and um, transparent, the more that they'll feel part of the change itself and the quicker the ch- culture change will come about. So I think get the detail right, think about it, speak to people about it, the people that's going to be involved in that change, get them involved in it. Make them part of it, not just feel part of it, actually make them part of it, and you'll get buy-in. If you get buy-in from the people involved in that piece of change, believe you me, our journey will be so much easier. The worst thing about implementing change is when people are reluctant to change because your job just
0: becomes so much harder. No, no, I absolutely agree. Well, that is absolutely brilliant. I think we've been gobbling on for over an hour now, so I think that's a really, really good time to, to wrap this up. Adele, just want to say thank you so much for being honest, sometimes too honest. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. You probably just knocked what little street credit I a half down to zero. I, so. I didn't think I did, you think you're right. <laughs> um so I'm just gonna go off and jump off a of IDO. <laughs> at least
1: you now know I used to tap dance. I'll oh, tell
0: world. you what, that is if for nothing else, that has been worth it. <laughs> that is that has been worth it. That will be getting announced at the AGM. Yes. Um, I think what you can tell from this podcast guys is how well me and Adele get on um, not only as friends but also how our values are so aligned you know when she's saying I've done things wrong or I've got better at things or whatever I'm listening and I'm agreeing to absolutely everything and I think when you get somebody you can work with I think that's you know you're so lucky and it really takes your business to the next level so with that being said that's a really good time to end so I just want to say thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time on Leadership Revealed.